0: Part Two Propositions One to Five of The Ethics by Spinoza. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. The Ethics by Benedict de Spinoza. Translated by R. H. M. Elwes. Part 2. Propositions 1 to 5. Propositions. Proposition 1. Thought is an attribute of God, or God is a thinking thing. Proof. Particular thoughts, or this and that thought, are modes which, in a certain conditioned manner, express the nature of God. Part 1, Proposition 25, Corollary God, therefore, possesses the attribute, Part 1, Definition 5, of which the concept is involved in all particular thoughts which latter are conceived thereby. Thought, therefore, is one of the infinite attributes of God, which express God's eternal and infinite essence. Part 1. Definition 6. In other words, God is a thinking thing. Quod erot demonstrandum. Note. This proposition is also evident from the fact that we are able to conceive an infinite thinking being. For, in proportion, as a thinking being is conceived as thinking more thoughts, so is it conceived as containing more reality or perfection. Therefore, a being, which can think an infinite number of things in an infinite number of ways, is necessarily, in respect of thinking, infinite. As, therefore, from the consideration of thought alone, we conceive an infinite being, thought is necessarily, Part 1, Definitions 4 and 6, one of the infinite attributes of God, as we were desirous of showing. Proposition 2. Extension is an attribute of God, or God is an extended thing. Proof. The proof of this proposition is similar to that of the last. Proposition 3. In God, there is necessarily the idea not only of his essence, but also of all things which necessarily follow from his essence. Proof. God, by the first proposition of this part, can think an infinite number of things in infinite ways, or, what is the same thing, by Proposition 16, Part 1, can form the idea of his essence, and of all things which necessarily follow therefrom. Now all that is in the power of God necessarily is. Part 1, Proposition 35 Therefore, such an idea, as we are considering necessarily is, and in God alone, quod erat demonstrandum. Part 1. Proposition 15. Note. The multitude understand by the power of God, the free will of God, and the right over all things that exist, which latter are accordingly generally considered as contingent. For it is said that God has the power to destroy all things, and to reduce them to nothing. Further, the power of God is very often likened to the power of kings. But this doctrine we have refuted. Part 1. Proposition 32. Corollaries 1 and 2. And we have shown, Part 1, Proposition 16, that God acts by the same necessity, as that by which he understands himself. In other words, as it follows from the necessity of the divine nature, as all admit, that God understands himself, so also does it follow by the same necessity that God performs infinite acts in infinite ways. We further showed, Part 1, Proposition 34, that God's power is identical with God's essence in action. Therefore, it is as impossible for us to conceive God as not acting, as to conceive him as non-existent. If we might pursue the subject further, I could point out that the power which is commonly attributed to God is not only human, as showing that God is conceived by the multitude as a man, or in the likeness of a man, but involves a negation of power. However, I am unwilling to go over the same ground so often. I would only beg the reader again and again, to turn over frequently in his mind what I have said in Part 1 from Proposition 16 to the end. No one will be able to follow my meaning unless he is scrupulously careful not to confound the power of God with the human power and right of kings. Proposition 4. The idea of God, from which an infinite number of things follow in infinite ways can only be one proof infinite intellect comprehends nothing save the attributes of god and his modifications part one proposition 30 now god is one part one proposition 14 corollary therefore the idea of god Wherefrom an infinite number of things follow in infinite ways, can only be one quod erat demonstrandum. Proposition five: The actual being of ideas owns God as its cause, only in so far as He is considered as a thinking thing, not in so far as He is unfolded in any other attribute that is the ideas both of the attributes of god and of particular things do not own as their efficient cause their objects ideata or the things perceived but god himself in so far as he is a thinking thing proof this proposition is evident from proposition 3 of this part we there drew the conclusion that God can form the idea of his essence and of all things which follow necessarily therefrom, solely because He is a thinking thing, and not because he is the object of his own idea. Wherefore the actual being of ideas owns for cause God in so far as he is a thinking thing it may be differently proved as follows the actual being of ideas is obviously a mode of thought that is part 1 proposition 25 corollary a mode which express in a certain manner the nature of god in so far as he is a thinking thing and therefore part 1 proposition 10 Involves the conception of no other attribute of God, and consequently, by Part One Axiom Four, is not the effect of any attribute save thought. Therefore, the actual being of ideas owns God as its cause in so far as He is considered as a thinking thing, etc. Quod erat demonstrandum end of part 2 propositions 1 to 5 recording by bill mosley